Amen. I like this old book that I hold in my hand. And uh, I wouldn't want another one. There's all kind of translations out there, but uh, I, I don't care anything about the translations. I thank God for this one right here. I've been preaching out of it for 60 years. And I found it uh, to be everything that it claims to be. Amen. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke tonight, Luke chapter 16. Very well-known portion of Scripture, and I want to preach out of it tonight. I'm going to read some there, and then I'm going to preach. I, uh, I listened to that great sermon tonight. Amen? Wasn't that good? Amen. Praise the Lord. But he referred to me as a big, fat preacher, didn't he? <laughs> So look at him. You can tell by looking at him. Amen. <laughs> it really isn't that I'm so fat. It's just that everybody else in the world is skinny. Amen. <laughs> Underweight. Of course, I have a real problem. I don't know if you know this or not, but I have a real problem. I have anorexia. And I got to keep eating to keep that anorexia from killing me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I tell you, you'll get... You, you get uh, you die from that, you know that? So, <laughs> hamburgers and, <laughs> and hot dogs. and Of course, when I come up here in all these Greek restaurants, I get fish. How many of you like fish? Really? I mean, you really like fish. How many don't like it at all? Let's see your hand. Okay. There's some people who don't like fish at all. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's the only thing the Bible says that Jesus cooked. Did you know Jesus was a cook? He cooked in the Bible. He really was. He did. He cooked fish. And it was uh, for breakfast. I mean, I like fish. I can eat it any time. I eat it for breakfast, too. In the Philippines especially, they have all that good uh, tinigi over there, and I love it. And, and they have that... Uh, they, they used to have... Well, they still do have some real good tilapia. But it's only found in one place, and that's Ta'al. You have to go to Ta'al to get the good tilapia. And that good, fresh, clean water at that volcano. It's a volcano, and there's a lake right in the... I mean, the whole middle... What blew out is now a big lake. It's uh, called Ta'al. Uh, and uh, it's a Ta'al volcano. And it's really delicious. And it's a, uh, if you ever go there, you want to go there because... It's the best fruits in the world. They have all this pineapple that grows there on that volcanic, volcanic uh, land affected by the volcano. And the most delicious mangoes you ever ate in your life. And if you ever go to the Philippines and eat the mangoes, you'll want to go back, I'll tell you for sure. But uh, you got me talking about food tonight. Amen? <laughs> How many of you did not have supper? Let's see your hands. Didn't have any supper at all. How many of you had a big supper? See, all right. Well, that Baptists like to eat, amen. And in fact, the matter is, in heaven, we're going to have some times of feasting up there. The Bible talks about feasts, and even the even the marriage supper of the Lamb, amen. It's going to be a supper, and uh, we're looking forward to all that good time in heaven. And uh, we'll have a brand new body when we get there. Amen? 
When the Lord comes, He's going to give us a brand. This is not part of my sermon at all. Just, I just want to talk to you a little bit. But when, he, when the Lord comes, He's going to give us a brand new body. I'm going to take a nice thin one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen? And it's not going to be subject to all the problems we have with our body now. Amen? It's going to be a, it's going to be a body that won't be affected by all the arthritis and cancer and heart attacks and all the stuff, brain tumors. Uh, one of my very best friends is going to go in for an operation, take a, brain, a tumor out of his brain. I just, I just really praying for him and God would bless him. And he's going to a CAT scan, I guess, this week. And I'm praying that God will just remove that thing before they even put him through the CAT scan. Be gone, amen? You know, God does that sometimes, amen? Just gone. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. One of these days, when the Lord comes, we'll have that brand new body. And it won't be subject to all the mess that uh, the world is in today. All right, Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man in verse number 19. You see it? You have it open? Luke chapter 16. Verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There's a rich man living and enjoying a rich life. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was late at his gate full of sores. Every day, they, whoever it was that helped him would bring him up there and lay him at the gate of the rich man. Can you imagine... What kind of a rich man it was that would step over the body of a, uh, of a poor man like that and walk into his house full of food and riches and nice garments and a man laying at your gate full of covered with rags and full of sores. Boy. <clears throat> I, it's hard to, re- hard to realize, any man? It is for me because I, I like to help people that are down and out if it really is help. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from a rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Besides all this between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they come uh, unto this place of torment. And Abraham said 
unto him. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know, there is one that rose from the dead, and they're still not persuaded. Amen. You know, I've studied this and preached out of this portion of Scripture ever since I first started preaching 60 years ago. I have preached in so often in some places that uh, uh, they'll say, well, what verse tonight out of Luke chapter 16, Brother Clayton? But it really is a crucial portion of Scripture to study and to preach. And there's so much in there. You can really study it and study it and study it. You know, oftentimes we have a a fault of just skimming over a portion of Scripture and not really studying it. But there's so much said in here. And you know, I read it and studied it and all of this, and all of a sudden one day I realized that God named Lazarus, but he didn't name the rich man. And I said, wonder why. I'm sure it wasn't just a mistake of God, amen, or some overlooking that he did. I'm sure that there was a definite purpose in it. Here is a rich man that dies and goes to hell. Let me say that before I started preaching this sermon, that that probably is the most sober thought that has ever come across my mind. Men and women in hell. You read and study the book of Revelation, you'll find that hell is depicted in the book of Revelation as a bottomless pit. And in chapter 9 of the book of Revelation, there was an angel came down with a key, and that angel opened up the bottomless pit. And the Bible says that out of that pit came some horrible things. And the Bible says that, says that uh, there was a smoke that came out that covered the earth. And there wouldn't be anything more, more uh, aggravating or more difficult than to live in a place that has choking smoke in it. I don't know if you've ever met anybody that that are, are seen or heard of anybody that has lost their lives by, by inhaling a terrible smoke. But that would be a terrible thing, would it not, to die that way in the smoke, suffocating in smoke? Out of, out of the pit came a suffocating smoke, a horrible smoke. And out of that pit came stinging scorpions, that had, had a sting like a scorpion. And it talks about how bad hell is. And then the Bible talks about, about the lake of fire. Now I'm sure that this bottomless pit is a sphere. Because there would be no bottom in a sphere. And then it talks about hell as if it was a lake of fire. Now there's some people say, I don't believe it's a literal fire. I believe it's just a fire of memory. But, but the Bible talks about a real fire. And it talks about this man. He was tormented in this fire. Hell is a place of fire. 
The Bible says it's a place where the fire is never quenched and their worm dieth not. The horrible, horrible things in hell. I mean, it's a, it's a sober thought to think that men and women, boys and girls by the multitude will be cast into hell because they reject and forsake the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Now, I don't know if you believe in a literal hell or not, but I do. And the Bible teaches it. And it's a, it's a sobering thought. If you think about your loved ones and friends that are not saved, I mean, they, they, are, they are risking eternity without God in a place of fire and smoke and stinging scorpions and, and the other things the Bible describes there. You know, in hell, the most wicked people that have ever lived are there. Jack the Ripper. That, that Gacy that killed all those little, little ones. Uh, Adolf Hitler, who... You know, Hitler killed six million Jews. You know how many Russians he killed? He killed 20 million Russians. Can you imagine that? Being, I mean, and yet he's not the biggest killer of all time. Probably Mao Zedong is probably the biggest killer of all times, murdering millions of, of, uh, of Chinese people. Joseph Stalin, those people like that are in hell tonight. I wouldn't want to live on this block, in this city, if men like that occupied the houses around here. Would you? Yeah. You know, they uh, are now rehabilitating some of these, uh, these uh, child abusers by putting them in nice neighborhoods. Well, I'd hate to have one move in next to me, wouldn't you? Especially if I had children. We have a family up in uh, up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, that has just lovely kids. They're just brilliant, sweetheart kids. They have an old woman that's their neighbor, and she just loved them kids. She never was saved. She she didn't want to come to church or anything, but she loved those kids. And they uh, the city moved. Uh, uh, a child molester just down the street from where they lived. And they had, to, they had to tell everybody he was moved in there. And that old woman went down and knocked on his door. And she said, you know, these Christian kids living up here in this house, they're special to me. And I want to tell you something. You bother one of those kids and I'll bring me a pistol down here and I'll blow your brains out all over this house. She said, look at me. I'm an old woman, I don't have much to lose. And if you bother one of those kids, I'm going to kill you. Well, that kind of, that kind of talk got his attention, amen? But how would you like to live in a place where wicked people like that are? That's where they are in hell. The Bible says that people will be bound hand and foot, tied up and cast into hell. One man said, if I die and go to hell, I'll walk up there with my chest out and I'll take my punishment like a man. I said, oh no, you won't. You're going to be bound hand and foot and cast into hell. It's a, it's a sobering thought to think that men and women are going to be in hell for eternity. 
I saw on a marquee of a, of a what is it called, a Christian science church. They're neither scientific nor Christian, but that's what they call themselves. And the article on announcing the preacher's sermon Sunday was, Are you hell scared? As if he's going to tell you how to get away from the fear of hell because he didn't believe in it. The Bible believes in it. The Bible teaches it. Here is a man, a rich man, that died and went to hell. I mean, God could have named him. In fact, the matter is, you'll find that God in the Bible names a lot of people that are found in infamy. I mean, uh, you know, God named Judas. Amen. He just called him by his name, Judas. God's not afraid to name people. Let me tell you that right now. In fact, the matter is, throughout the Bible, you'll find that God names people that are, uh, that are uh, uh, remembered as, uh, as wicked, wicked people like Herod. Amen. Oh, Herod was a wicked man and God named him and told the world what he had done and what he was. God's not afraid to name somebody. I would hate to have my name associated with the wickedest people on this earth, wouldn't you? People who die and go to hell are associated with the wickedest people that have ever lived. Here is this man. Here is this man in hell. But God doesn't name him. Now, why doesn't God name him? Why doesn't God name this man? He could. He have, he's named a lot of people in the Bible. Wicked people. A name is important. You know that? They say that your name is the most important words in the English language to you. No matter what it is, it's important to you. Now, it might be, it might be Hiram. I don't know, but it'd be important to you. Amen. <laughs> but it's okay. What makes the difference? Whatever your name is. Did you? I, I tell you about Johnny Stink. Johnny Stink. He didn't like his name, and he said to his buddy, "He said, you know, I just despise that name, Johnny Stink." He said, "Well, if that was my name, I would. Uh, I'd hate it too." He said, "But you can have it changed." He said, oh, can you? He said, yeah. He said, you can have a change. He said, well, how do I do that? He said, just go to the probate court. Go in there and tell them what you want your name changed to. And, and uh, tell them your name is Johnny Stink and you want it changed. And, and they'll, they'll change it to whatever you want it to be. It's a legal thing. You have to pay for it, but it's illegal. And so uh, he said, okay, I'll do that. So his buddy met him some time later and he said, did you have your name changed? He said, yep, I sure did. It's not Johnny Stink anymore. He said, what's your new name? He said, Billy Stink. <laughs> that was, that's important to him, amen? No matter what your name is, it's important to you. We have a, a friend and, and uh, they're, they're Polish and uh, his name is Marion Wojnarowski. One guy said, I wonder why the Polish don't just drop that ski on the end of their names. One, one guy said, well, if I did that, I wouldn't have my name because he said, my name is Ski Ski. Right? 
Marion Wojnarowski. And I thought, wouldn't it be something, girls, if all of a sudden you, you woke up after the wedding and realized, my last name is now Wojnarowski. <laughs> of course, it didn't bother Mrs. Wojnarowski because her maiden name was Carol Dunnitkowski. Can you imagine that Polish, I mean, that priest up there that got married in the Catholic Church, can you imagine that priest getting up there and saying, do you, Marion Wojnarowski, take Dar- uh, uh, Carol Dunnitkowski to be your wife-ski? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but it don't make any difference what your name is. Amen. It can be anything. It can be funny. I mean, you know, it, some people are embarrassed about their names. If you got to, why be embarrassed about your name? Amen. Just it's a name. And uh, here this man's name is not even mentioned. Why would God not mention his name? Well, first of all, I think the reason why he didn't want to mention his name is because God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It says that in the book of Proverbs, that the Lord has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that whenever Adolf Hitler was killed, none of the jo- Jews wept over that. I'm sure that they were pleased over the fact that that guy was dead in hell. Joseph Stalin, his whole family was glad he was dead, and all of Russia. You know, uh, but I'll tell you something. God did not gloat over that. God does not gloat over the death of wicked men and women, boys and girls. God doesn't do that. And if you die and go to hell without the gospel, and if you're lost and you never get saved, let me tell you something. It will not please God. God's not going to be happy over your demise. And you can't blame it on God. You have to blame it on your own choice. Now, some people say, Brother Clayton, I got to put this in here. Some people say, Brother Clayton, how about the, uh, uh, the uh, heathen out there that's never heard the gospel? What about them? Well, let me tell you something. Every man is responsible to God and accept the Lord as their say as, as their Savior. That's what the Bible teaches very plainly. I was over in, I was in Brazil preaching in a, in a primitive tribe of people. We, we, it was very difficult for us to get there and the only reason why they let us live is because we had the chief's two sons with us that we had met in town and were bringing back there. Otherwise our lives would have been in peril for sure. Actually, one night it was, but somehow God uh, protected us and took care of us in a miraculous way. But I got up to preach, and when I got up to preach, that was, it, was a, it was a big tribe, and there's a lot of people there. And they all fled when we came there, but, but when night came, they all came back into their village. And I got up to preach, and it's, the only light in the whole village was a little lamp beside my head so they could see me. And I preached the gospel, and... I, I took probably two hours and I, I, I preached about, uh, about uh, God made the trees and God made the ocean and 
God made the little bugs and birds. God made all of that. And God has a son. And he sent his son down to die for our sins. I told the whole story. It took plenty of time to do it. And when I got through, we gave a little invitation. And a big man came through the crowd. And he walked up there and he said, All of my lifetime I've wanted to know this. He said, I would pray down by the big trees. That was the jungle. Or by the big waters. That was the ocean. We were near the ocean in the jungle. And he said, I've asked God about, tell me something about you. He said, I don't know you, God. I, 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 don't, I want to know you. And, and, and I don't know how to find out about you. And he said, tonight when you preach that, he said, I knew that God sent you here. As a matter of answer to my prayer. You see, if there is anybody in the whole wide world that will repent and will get saved, God knows where he is because God knows everything. And God will put a missionary on his doorstep. And if he doesn't have anybody better than me, I'll go. We're not without excuse. We're all of us without excuse. This rich man was without excuse here. God does not name him. And I think one of the reasons is God doesn't want us to gloat. Because God does not gloat. God does have no joy at over at all at all over the demise of somebody that dies without repentance and dies without God and goes to eternity without salvation. God doesn't have I mean, there's no joy in heaven over that. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repented. But not over someone that just rejects and turns down God and rejects him and goes to hell without repentance. Wow. I think one of the reasons why God doesn't, doesn't name it is because God doesn't want you to think that God has any pleasure in that. Another reason why I think God doesn't mention him is because that's not what God wants you to remember here. God would put a big name on him, you'd remember, and, and most everybody when they preach this uh, message, they preach about the rich man in hell. But how about Lazarus in heaven? Amen? God does name him, and God does want us to remember that he died a poor man covered with sores. In his lifetime, the Bible says here he had difficult times, but now he, the rich man is tormented and Lazarus is, is, is contented. Wow. I think God wants us to emphasize the fact, not just that the rich man died and went to hell, but that Lazarus is in heaven. That's what we want to emphasize tonight. Heaven is open for anybody that will believe and repent and receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Hallelujah to that. If you go away from here tonight remembering any part of my sermon, I want you to remember that heaven is free to you as it was to Lazarus. Wow, what a wonderful story. Amen. I think God doesn't name the rich man because... That's not what God wants you to carry home tonight from this lesson. God wants you to remember that whenever you die, if you are saved and you're born again, that on the other side over there is paradise. Paradise.
more wonderful, more glorious than all the problems and all the pangs and all the pains of this old world filled full of violence and crime. God wants you to know that God loves you and He wants to give you heaven. And it's free to everybody that will believe. Thank God I didn't have to pay for it. (laughs) I could work all of my life and never come up with enough money to buy one second in heaven. I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to pay for my sins. Back years ago, before I was saved, I tried to. I went and joined the church. I became a member of the church and was baptized. I was a baptizing, voting member of a church when I was still lost. When I heard that salvation was free, And it was all open to me, free. I received it with all of my heart. Years ago, I was preaching in Cleveland Baptist Church. There was about 1,500 people there that morning, Sunday morning, I was preaching to. And I started the invitation. I asked how many people would like to be saved. And back up under the balcony, there was one young man, big kid, great big old kid, about 14 years old, big as a horse. They'd been feeding him horse feed, I think. To make him that big. And uh, he raised his hand that he, was, that he was unsaved and wanted to get saved. But he didn't come. And I walked back to him. When I turned the service over to the pastor, I just walked back. And I said to him, young man, don't you want to come get saved today? Oh, yeah, he said, I sure would like to. But he said, sir, when they passed around that little round box, he said, I didn't have any money to put in to pay my dues. He'd been going to the Boy Scouts and if you don't have, don't pay your dues, you don't get any privileges, you know. And he thought, he said, I don't have any privileges because I didn't pay my dues. I said, son, in here you don't have to pay your dues. It's all free. He said, free? Loud enough for everybody in the church to hear him. He said, man, you'd have to be nuts not to take it if it's free. He stepped out and I took him down to the altar and led him to Christ. It's free. Amen. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it no matter how what you do or, or what, how hard you work, try to work. It's not something you can obtain. Not at all. For by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God lest any man should boast. It's, it's a gift of God. That's what God wants you to remember out of this. Lazarus couldn't buy his way to heaven. Lazarus couldn't be socially accepted in the community. Lazarus had no political influence. He had to, Lazarus had no birthrights that would uh, he could claim a, a famous a past with, so that he could uh, somehow claim some kind of. You know, there are a lot of people that cling to all those kind of things in order to say that they're saved. But you know, salvation. God wants you to know salvation is a free gift of God. God wants you to remember Lazarus. He wants you to remember that he was in paradise. And the lesson here is you can go there too. 
Hell is awful. Hell is a place of fire and worms and, and stinging scorpions and smoke and, and uh, a bottomless pit and bound hand and foot. And, and the Bi- Bible goes on and tells so many things in the book of Revelation, what hell's going to be like. The Bible says the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. There's, there's no end to it. I mean, there's no escape, no fire escapes in hell. And people will be there forever, but no, nobody has to go there because Jesus died on the cross to save us from sin. And we can be carried by the angels under Abraham's bosom. You know, uh, not too awful long ago, I was in a hospital. I don't like to go to hospitals. I don't go unless they absolutely have to. I thank God for the pastors and go and pray with the sick and all that. But you know, there's all kinds of diseases in them hospitals. <laughs> Say as you please about me, but I stay away if I can, but I do go when that's necessary. And I went to see this old man and he was dying. And he had some questions for me. And I said, sir, if you're laying here dying and all of a sudden this room fills full of men you've never seen before. Do you know angels in the Bible are recognized as men? Angels in the Bible don't have any wings, by the way. They're not little babies fluttering around with wings. They're always recognized as men. I said, if you're in this room and all of a sudden it feels full of men that you can see but nobody else in the room can see. And maybe they talk to you and nobody can hear them but you. I said, get ready for a trip. Wow. How would you like to be carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom? Boy, what a trip that Lazarus had. Amen? Be better than a 747, right, amen? Or a rocket ship to the moon or whatever there is available to men. Wow. I said, uh, I said to him, what you're going to see in a few minutes, a few hours, a few days is going to be absolutely fabulous. Because Psalms chapter 23 tells us that he goes with us through the valley of the shadow of death. You could look down in that valley of the shadow of death and see the footprints of Jesus because he's been there walking through that valley of shadow of death with every one of his saints. He's going to go with us. Wow. Hand in hand. Wow, what a wonderful day that's going to be when the Lord takes us home to glory. That's what God wants you to remember. God wants you to know that here tonight. And all of you here, kids and everybody else, just know that Jesus loves you and He wants to take you to heaven. And He wants you to have all the benefits of Lazarus and everybody else that's ever had in heaven. He wants you to have them too. And that's what God wants you to know. That's the truth of God for you tonight. Know that He loves you and He cares for you. And He wants you to go with Him there. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes here tonight.
I'm going to ask you a couple questions, if I could, before I preach here, before I sing here tonight. How many here tonight say, Brother Clayton, I know that I'm saved, and I know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven because Jesus saved me and gave me everlasting life, and I, I know all of that for sure, and I don't have any doubts in my heart at all that, uh, that that's true of me. Would you slip up your hand as a testimony tonight? Well, that's the most of us, amen. How many here tonight say, Preacher, I'm not sure. Pray for me tonight. Would you slip up your hand? I don't want to go to hell, but I, I want to go to heaven. Pray for me tonight. Oh, yes, God bless you. God bless you, and I want to pray for you. And I want you to get saved tonight before you go home. You, you, you trust the Lord tonight before you go home. And I'm going to pray for you because I love you. And I want you to go to heaven with me. And I want you to know that all the wonders of heaven is for you. That's why Jesus died, to pay for your sins on the cross. And up in heaven, there's a great big book. I don't know how big it is, but it's a great big book. And God writes in that book. And God puts down the names of all the people that get saved in that book. It's the roll book of heaven. And when the roll is called up yonder, we can say, I'm here, present, and accounted for. Because you can get that name, your name in that book. Tonight, I want you to get saved before you go home. Trust the Lord as your Savior. I wonder how many here tonight say, Brother Clayton, I have someone I'm praying for this week that they'll get saved this week. Pray with me tonight. Would you slip up your hands? How many? Oh, yes. So many. God bless you. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed here tonight. I want to pray with you. If you'd like to slip out and come to the altar to pray tonight, you, you do that right now. And I'll pray with you tonight. You can come to this altar and pray. If you've got a special request, just bring it up here right now. We'll pray about it. While I wait just a moment, you can come. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, we thank you. We thank you so very much for answers to our prayers. We thank you, Lord, that salvation is free. We thank you, Father, that to know that uh, you're a good God and you want to save the lost. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd bless us as we sing tonight, Lord, that there be souls saved and there be hearts made right with God tonight. We ask this tonight. And we ask you, Father, that you'd be with those that, that we're burdened for, Lord, there's some ladies here who've got husbands that are lost. I pray for them. Our children that are lost. I pray for them, Lord, tonight that you'd speak to them wherever they are and bring them to repentance. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I want us to sing now.